Hello, this is Matt Summerall. Welcome to another podcast presented by The Missing Link. In today's podcast, we're diving deep into the rapidly changing world of human resources. We'll find out how technology is revolutionising the way companies manage their most valuable asset, their people. With the convergence of automation and AI, HR is undergoing a seismic shift as new technologies streamline HR processes, from onboarding new workers to enhancing employee engagement. Somebody who is all over this reshaping of HR is the head of automation at The Missing Link, Matt Dunn. Welcome back. Hey, Matt. Good to be back. So you've just been hanging out with HR departments a lot lately. Quite a lot, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you what, when I first started working back in the late 1980s, the HR department was usually the pay lady who gave you a few forms to sign regarding your pay and your super, and that was it. But human resources today is kind of like the glue that holds the whole organization together, isn't it? Mm. Tell us how HR has evolved and changed over the years. So automation and AI has really driven HR to be more efficient by taking on their boring tasks, so those type of filling in forms, and that's really a, a step up. So they're, it's able to help them with recruiting, their onboarding, their workforce planning, and helping make decisions about their people. Okay, so you talked about automating in terms of that people don't have to fill out forms and do all of that kind of work. What other things does automation do in HR departments now? It's more about what it's enabling as far as the more interesting work that HR does, so uh, interacting with people. So if we go through the life cycle of an employee in the recruitment process, there's a lot of mundane, repetitive tasks to get the the CVs together, to book in the interviews, uh, but whereas you're able to use automation and AI to take care of the repetitive parts of that so that they can spend more time actually with the people and understanding their experience and whether they're a cultural fit for the organization, as an example. And then once the employee is onboarded, so a lot of those onboarding tasks can be automated so that they can focus on the the personal aspects of onboarding, making sure that they fit in and understand the organization. And then once they're in the organization, planning their career, an example being an employee survey, getting feedback from your employees about their plans, where they want to go with their careers. A lot of that is in very wordy text. So let's think about an employee survey. You might have some boxes that you tick, but there are some that you put words in as far as how could the organization be better. When you've got a thousand people filling that in, it's very difficult to pull out the themes from that. Whereas if you're using automation and AI to pull out those themes, then you can make a better plan for how you address their concerns and how you can make the organization a better place for them to work. Actually, when you're talking about onboarding, I was reading in Ireland, they created a bot that was tasked with updating the vetting status of new employees. Because it's a big health system, everyone that comes to work in certain roles must be checked by the Irish police force. And so they created this bot. They even gave it a name. They called it Bertie. Hello, Bertie. And it works 24 hours a day, seven days a week, doing all of the processing of these cases to make the onboarding super quick. That's such a good use case for automation, and it might sound a little naff to name the robot, but that's actually an important part of change management. So all of our clients, we we get them to name their own bot. They have, the, I guess, the fun process of coming up with the name, and then they're able to refer to it as a colleague. So it becomes easier to talk about, oh, we should hand this task to Bertie. A, A few other things to note there, they would have been able to onboard more people than possible. So that means that they're actually able to get going more quickly with their sudden increase in their workforce, but then also a smoother onboarding process for the people that are joining. So they actually have a better user experience joining the company. 
Do you provide a list of potential names for bots, do you, Matt? <laughs> we do give suggestions. <laughs> do you? <laughs> Have you got the list there? No, we normally generate it with ChatGPT. So. <laughs> of course. Matt, automation brings obvious financial benefits to organisations by reducing the hours it takes to complete certain tasks, as we just talked about with the Island Health System. But can you talk to us about the non-financial benefits that this brings? Yeah. So employee engagement is a large one, and it's often why it starts in HR. So they see the impact of lack of work-life balance, whereas the, the likes of automation and AI, you're able to increase the productivity of the workforce. Uh, so studies in generative AI, 25.5% across the big studies that have been done by MIT and Stanford. There's two ways of looking at this. From the CFO's perspective, oh my gosh, we can keep on doing the same amount with fewer people. But from an HR perspective, what if we could give our employees work-life balance back and let's be crazy and say, let's all work a four-day week. I think people will stick around for longer if they've got that work-life balance. They're still able to achieve what they were able to and potentially more but in less time. So they spend less time at the desk. They're able to achieve what they were before. So you've got a more engaged workforce as a result. But surely it's more than that. I mean, it's more than just implementing a four-day week, isn't it? Yeah. And it's also, from the the end user perspective, that being able to interact with cool technology and essentially do more interesting work. The humans aren't here to copy and paste. They're here to achieve objectives, whether it be for their customers But even from a personal perspective, you don't get joy from copying and pasting. You get joy from the thinking type of work or interacting with people. Can you give us an example of a business that's implemented this virtual workforce into their HR department and one that's obviously a recognized success story? So we've done work with a large accounting firm in Australia. They are now saving 9,000 hours a year and we help them to set up their automation. So we help them to choose their technology get their first automations up and running. The way that they were successful was that they started with the leadership team. So they had a leader that was responsible for sponsoring this into the organization. They involved the end users. So nobody's lost their job as a result of that automation. It rather alleviated shortages. So they couldn't hire accountants fast enough because there aren't enough being pumped out of universities at the stage. So they were really focused on engagement and being able to then have the side effects of being able to service their customers more efficiently, their new employees being able to work on more interesting analysis as opposed to putting numbers into the debit and credit columns. So in a way, having this automation, I guess, helps companies to hold on to their staff. They've got a better retention rate. Yeah, and to be more productive. So another example being IBM. So in May this year, their CEO announced that there was a hiring freeze on their back office functions. So things like HR. And what they were, they were saying is that we believe that we can do more with our existing workforce. And then as natural attrition happens, it'll force us to do more with automation. So eventually our HR department may be smaller, but we're not going to let people go in order to achieve that. We'll rather use that as a driver for them to use the technology. So when someone leaves, you figure out how can automation help us to do what we were doing before without that person being here. So they're, they're being mindful about how they approach the, the future with the technology. So Matt, companies are constantly looking to find savings to boost profits, to remain competitive and to keep investors happy. Employing a virtual workforce to execute these tasks is an easy way and a quick way to cut back and save. But you see automation as an opportunity. It's not about cutbacks. 
Rather than cutting back and savings, which let's face it, some organizations drive us, particularly from the CFO's perspective. Yep. But we see our clients doing more than they could before rather than just maintaining the output with their resources. So using technology like automation and AI to amplify what they currently do as opposed to doing more of the same. Okay, so let's talk about striking the right balance and also more on the implementation without turning the whole company inside out and causing massive disruption. How do organizations strike the right balance and identify the right processes within their organization that can be automated for this greater efficiency? Where do we start? It's really quite personal to each organization where they will start. It is important to start with the leadership team as far as the projects go. So them understanding the technology and what's possible, and then they sponsor it into the organization. So having a plan that relates to their pain points. So it may be looking at their risk register. These are all the problems that we have at the moment. So let's understand what we're going to address with this technology. And then leadership spreading the message to say, this is where we're heading as far as our automation journey goes. Starting small, setting targets, and then measuring their success means that they've got a, an automation program that has that early win that they can build on. And then they can do internal marketing to say, here's what we're achieving with it. These are the targets that we're setting and here's where we're going next. So it's a measured journey as opposed to let's just try and automate the crap out of our business. So HR establishes performance evaluation processes and now we're looking at performance improvement into their own department. And that's actually quite the reason why HR is often the first cab off the rank as far as automation goes because it's them that are going to be needing to reskill the workforce and understand what does the future of the workforce look like and plan for that as far as we're now going to have to measure them against new metrics. So HR having a handle on this is what automation is and what it can do. They've got the best understanding of then how do we change the responsibilities of our people and manage them going forward. How is industry and government working together to drive education into learning how these processes work, this automation. What are we doing to train people? Well, there are university courses. We're seeing more automation-specific courses so that the employees of tomorrow are understanding what's possible. All the way from the Prime Minister a few months ago talking about at a national level, if we're going to remain competitive on the global stage, we need to automate the boring type of repetitive tasks. He said it in as many words. So it's sponsored from the top. Did you pay him to say that? Because we can get a government inquiry going here. This could be a scandal. Was, uh, this, was this a public conversation or just one between you and him? <laughs> I, d I did look for his address afterwards <laughs> to send him some flowers. But <laughs> but I was happy to hear it coming from the top. And as far as um, the newer types of automation, so generative AI, the students knowing how to use this, they're using it to do their essays anyway. They're not needing to be trained in it. Yeah. It's the easier way for them to do what they're doing. So they're going to come into the workforce expecting to be able to use it in their jobs. Recently, Deloitte Switzerland conducted a survey of 100 of their top business leaders, which showed that in the next year, 74% are planning to investigate automation and already 22% have started piloting or have already fully implemented automation into their organization. So HR professionals are already embracing this technology, aren't they? Yeah, that number really has been driven up by generative AI because it's become more tangible. The results are faster to realize within an organization. So generative AI has really given automation a lift as far as what's possible. 
and the speed at which companies can get benefits. So what's the process if someone wants you and the missing link to come in and have a look and investigate their HR department to see if there's any processes that can be automated? What's the first step? So we run workshops with clients and that's a good way for them to be able to understand what's possible, understand what others are doing in their industry, and then also understand where it's best placed within their organization. So starting with that workshop with leaders from the HR function really helps organizations to get a a start in using this technology. Okay, Matt Dunn, Head of Automation at The Missing Link. Thank you for that. Thanks, Matt. Looking forward to our next chat. Actually, our next podcast is all about Microsoft 365 Copilot, from which all accounts is about to change the world like we've never seen before. AI built into 365. Can't wait to find out more on that. Very exciting times with the release of that product, Matt. So I'm looking forward to telling you all about it. Okay, and if you'd like to find out how automation can take your HR to the next level, reach out to The Missing Link via their website themissinglink.com.au You can find a whole library of podcasts from The Missing Link wherever you enjoy your podcasts. The Check It Out series covers everything from cybersecurity to cloud services and the latest on AI. We'd love for you to follow us and share us. I'm Matt Summerall on behalf of The Missing Link. Thanks for listening. This podcast was recorded on the traditional country of the Camaragal people of the Garangai tribe of the Aora Nation. We recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and community. We pay our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures and elders past, present and emerging.